What's up, Warriors All 82 listeners? Another crossover podcast this week with the Warriors Plus Minus crew, Tim Kawakami, Marcus Thompson, Ethan Strauss. Not a flashback podcast, a flash forward podcast. We talk a lot of NBA draft this week, particularly I would say the last, I don't know, 40 minutes of the podcast. Who would you pick number one if you were the Warriors? What do we think of the various prospects? Should the Warriors trade down? Should they trade out? Um, it's, you know, and it, it's tied into a little bit of an article that I published on, uh, the athletic that, uh, assuming you're a subscriber and if you're not, you should, uh, you can check out now where I really kind of looked at the different paths, the three different paths the Warriors can take and what will be an important draft for them whenever the draft goes down right now, it sounds like it'll probably be pushed until at least August. Um, but anyways, here is that podcast. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well respected. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in the NBA history. All right, we're off week four of Warriors plus minus in quarantine, shelter in place. We're going to talk a little future. It's time It's time to look ahead. I've got Tim Kawakami, the boss man, uh, Anthony Slater, our star beat writer who is being adopted into the family, and we also have a new guest, a special guest, different from the last time. A, a brand new person, author Ethan Strauss. I, I don't know about this whole looking ahead thing. I think we should talk about Kevin Durant for a while. Kevin Durant and the Warriors. I think that should be the focus. <laughs> Ethan's like, come, oh yeah, they put Kevin Durant on the cover. I'm just so disappointed. They have oh, to make no. such an easy choice. Why are they now it's, it? yeah, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Why Durant. Why are they making it? Oh, by it the way, can Kevin I talk? Durant? Can I talk more about Kevin Durant? Uh, can we talk about Tim getting the uh, the final line in the trailer? Oh, sorry. I, okay, oh, yeah, I, I shouldn't yeah, hijack about, the show yet. I shouldn't <laughs> hijack the show yet. <laughs> that was a surprise, by the way. That was a surprise. <laughs> No, let, sure, let, sure. you know, sure, let, let's hijack it. Let's go. I mean, yeah. Ethan, victory machine drops. You've reached another level in your career up with the ranks of Tim Kawakami and myself. You're now legit. How, how does it feel? <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't feel quite like uh, Joe Pesci getting shot in the back of the head. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a better made man uh, introduction, certainly. Um, I don't know. It's cool. It's It's fun to see a lot of. It's it's fun to see people in our industry and and, and not only just uh, relive some of what was interesting. It's I, I like seeing what's interesting to people. Being reminded of aspects of the book I, I forgot about, and also I have to say, um, it does feel like a collective. Uh, do I want to say accomplishment? But just a collective venture. I mean, this. I think a lot of the book does rely on us as a team, and we came together as a team in those times and we really had to kind of at least when i joined i didn't even know how we would do it because i joined in the middle of a may playoff run but we we came together and i just feel like so much of it is infused with and you can see in the trailer you know you and tim and anthony all in the acknowledgments by the way and so it's nice it's just oh, we're, nice. we're in the acknowledgments you are in the Tim. Did you yes. know this? Because oh, I haven't, I haven't read the book yet. I haven't so read it yeah. either. Yeah. I was yeah. Slater, did you know copies, this? The I physical didn't. copies. I told you. I told Slater, you. Slater, do you the have a copy? Copies. 
I believe there's one that was sent to me that's at the athletic offices, uh, but this isn't exactly so the that's time what to, to go over closed, there. Which are closed. Um, well, but I'm going to buy the audio book. I want to hear the voice. Yeah, there's I, some I uh, shelter I don't hear it I said I don't hear it. <laughs> How funny would be when you, you listen to the audio vo- book? I'm doing like a septuagenarian British voice. I'm trying to be David Attenborough. That's what I'm doing. No radio I'll tell you, it was hard to figure out. It, it, it was hard to figure out how to do the voices because I, I remember around the time I was doing it, Ronan Farrow was getting made fun of because he was doing all these crazy Hungarian accents in his audio book and um, just being acting like it was an SNL tryout. And so it was difficult for me sometimes to know because Ritter is quoted a couple times in the book and I just want to ah. go into it. And is this the way to do it? Or the, is the is the person listening to this going to think Hold on, you weird? didn't do the Ritter and when it was Ritter time? I can't remember. Uh, I, I think chose. I split the difference. Everything was, a, everything was a half. Everything was you – know, that. that's what I did where – Kevin Durant kind of talks like this in my head. It's like da, 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 da. like that's how KD sounds. But it's I want to hear your Draymond. Thing. I want to hear your Draymond uh, voice. Like you probably quoted him a couple times. Like give me the Draymond on the on the sideline in LA yelling at KD voice. <laughs> uh, that would be incredible. Um, yeah, I did. I never. I don't think I did Draymond voice because I don't think that I could. I could reach that pitch of intensity. Um, nor did I do Steph voice where it gets a little monotone, gravelly trail off but there were certain voices where lake up is a voice in my head and so i i would start doing the lake up and the the guy who is the editor of it who's just in your headphones would go um why are you talking so fast it's just well that's that's how joe talks i can't i can't i can't i can't do the joe lake up and slow it down so that was a bizarre process the whole audiobook process i'm glad i went through it especially because everything pretty much shut down immediately after i was done so i'm glad i got that one in all right so we've got are we, tim is that enough ethan or what with, oh with we're gonna no have book? more ethan we gotta oh, keep God. going wait, wait, wait. i mean oh, we kind of read the book though yeah. yeah we could we could all have a book assignment in the next few weeks yeah yeah i mean podcast. this is all we can do for right now i want to do more i just don't have a book well, i can <laughs> send you guys the digital copies the problem is the problem is the physical copies like that's that's the issue is the uh the warehouse where it is is in New York City, which uh, is a bit of a, a bit of a problem right now. Bit of a problem. Slight well, problem. Just, well, what we've seen is the trailer, which is what I mean. This is not normal for a book release. I don't know that Ronan Farrow had a, and his is a multi-million-dollar you know book sale here. I'd like to so point how, out how that you, I had a trailer. Have, did you it have was a low budget? I did it. Yeah, it I, was I low certainly budget. never had a trailer. How did this come about, and what did you think about it? Ethan, hello. Oh, Ethan's he's gone too, now. He's too big. Yeah, time he's done. Yeah. He, he's on to his next. That. Click, uh, click. He has <laughs> another. Uh, he had another yeah, promo to appearance. do. Right? Another. Yeah. Got, <laughs> CBS this morning is calling, so he's got to go. He can't. He can't be on. Was, he heard the New full York podcast Maggie. wasn't going to be uh, dedicated to it. And he just bounced. <laughs> oh, they're not going to do the whole show. All right, I'm out. Yeah, okay, come on. Forget, forget about this. I got some other podcasts I got to do. Wow, wow, that was that. What a nice. <laughs> I know, right? That's incredible. Oh, Art of draft, it. then. On the draft. On the draft. Without Ethan's contributions. So, since we uh, lost our draft expert, we are now draft experts. <laughs> really it's well gonna, It's on us. Really, we really have well to step timed, it up. Ethan. Just hope uh, this doesn't happen in, the, in these war rooms where they're having to do it all. This is exactly what's going to happen during an online draft, right? This is exactly okay. what's going to happen. 
Oh yeah, I'm fi- finally back. I'm very sorry about that. He uh, oh, apparently. Oh, he's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, back. Yeah. He's so finished so his now- New York Magazine interview. Now I he's- know. <laughs> so now do we have to talk about Victor Machine for 20 minutes, or Asher's going to pull the plug again? Is that what's uh, No, but I I was I'm in the garage, hold up, naively thinking that I am safe from my son, and uh, apparently upstairs he jumped um, onto the power strip and just uh, knocked out everything. So. Yeah, I, I thought that's, I was. I thought I was. You're going with. You're going with the Asher blame here. I did. It's okay. Uh, what, hey, we're uh, fine that you had another interview to publicize wait, your book. It's oh okay. my god! It, wait a second. Wait a second. It's like, okay. I got, okay. No, no. I'm gonna call Allie down here. Yeah. Oh, he's got to yeah, get the. Wow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because no, his spouse no, would she, never. No, she's got a. She's got a cover. <laughs> she's got a cover for him now. So James <laughs> Wiseman. Anyway, James Wiseman. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. No, it's gonna be. Hey, Bob Myers. We need the pick now. Oh, I'm sorry. Asher unplugged it or one of those. Thing. So uh, Warriors pass. Warriors, uh, yeah. Warriors are going to pass on the pick, right? <laughs> so is he really going to get his wife to uh, vouch for him? Who knows? This is unbelievable. This does not happen on the what the Terry Gross NPR show when he's plugging no, his book. This or does not happen. No, no, no. Which is why this is better than that. Um. <laughs> Are, are you, are you, are you going to get your wife who would never lie on your behalf? Or, or, she, that or, it, it, Marcus or who knows would lie on your behalf? Or Jade was, must really do a lot of a lot yeah. of work on these shows. Uh, okay, Allie, what I'm happened? Very, I'm very hey, sorry. Allie. Asher jumped over the couch and stepped on a power strip and turned the power strip off, which was connected to the router, and it turned the router off. And then I had to figure out what he turned off, and that took me a minute. And there you just, go. I'm sorry. There you go. Asher, it wasn't. It wasn't Ethan Asher signaling. Really hey, hey, can we get a round of applause right here for that Oscar performance from Ali yeah, Strauss? Yeah, covering, covering. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Oh. They don't believe you. She's Why? gonna be an excellent testimony. She's gonna be an excellent happen? witness in court. What? What? What's the alternative? <laughs> they think I did a secret interview. That's the. Uh, uh, be cut out just just in time to do a nice little five minute interview with some other podcast. And then came back on. Yeah, clearly it was more important to him. Maybe maybe everybody was just too boring. (laughs) Wow. 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 Yeah, no, she would she absolutely wouldn't lie on the stand for her husband. Absolutely not. (laughs) Allie, I I have to I have to kick you out of the you and Asher out of the garage. You're creating problems at work for me now. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get somebody to unplug my freaking router right now. Yeah, my router's done. Yeah, we're done. Asher, bye. Ethan show. Ethan and Allie. Oh, show. man. This is... <laughs> okay, let's go. You are now listening live into the Victory Machine <laughs> and how it was made. Okay, okay. Bye. <laughs> Slater, what is happening right now? I apologize to everybody. I don't know. I'm over here looking up James or Anthony Edwards stats yeah, or something. Yeah. James go. James Edwards got some pretty good stats too. <laughs> good writer, that Detroit guy. Yeah, he's good. Good, good writer. Yeah. Definitely good writer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Victory Machine. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Tim, Tim asked about the trailer and the trailer coming together about an hour ago before Asher <laughs> unplugged the internet. Um, so uh, yeah, I I can't remember exactly how it went. I think Jade had done when he was working for MTV, some, some trailers like that. And so, um, it just seemed like something he wanted to do, which was really generous. And I don't know why books lack trailers. If Ronan Farrow's book didn't have a trailer, maybe it should have had a trailer, uh, because it seems like people, people like it and it gets people interested in it. So I'm thankful it exists. It was unique. I had, I had a trailer because of, uh, TK actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Steph, Mm -hmm. um, 
Steph was uh, talking. Oh, I guess God. somebody asked him, remember? And he was I like, oh, great him. book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great yeah, book. I, I, and and yeah. TK's in the back oh, my God. Oh, this free publicity. I was like, yeah, we got we to do something with this. <laughs> well, Marcus is the king of book promotion. Yeah. Uh, and apparently I mean, I'm, I'm the king of, of snide comments on these book trailers, too. So. It's all good. Just the king of snide comments. What did Tim say? Tim said, I just asked you. Is that the last question? That's the last line of the trailer? It was just so set up for it. It was like he set the whole damn thing up for this little little comment of mine at the end of a Durant rant. So there you Mm -hmm. go. That was a nice little button for the the, to sell Ethan more books. Anything we're gonna uh be surprised by in the book? Anything's gonna jump out? Not this not this group. I mean, not 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 us. I don't think we're going to be surprised. Or you're, you guys are going to be surprised because we talked surprised about when when Ethan went off the internet during our, in the middle of our show. I was uh, yeah, that was surprising. Uh, yeah. No, because we we talk because we talk about these things. Um, I I I don't think there will be something in there, but who knows? Because you sometimes lose track of what everybody knows, and it's always interesting what's uh, what's surprising to people. Um, or what people take away from it. I think right now Amin Hassan and Dragonfly Jones are arguing about whether or not uh, Andy Liu uh, drove Katie out of town, uh, tongue-in-cheek, but you know whether or not it was Warriors fans. That conversation is always uh, good fodder for the internet. So, um, yeah, that's something that you learn is what is, you know, what are people going to identify, what, they're, what are they interested in? So I'm going to learn I think too. it's interesting that you're going to revive all of these same conversations and people yeah. are going to act like we didn't already have them. <laughs> you know, uh, like yeah. uh, who chased who chased them out and who preferred. But now, win. Marcus, it's in a it's in a tome. Well, now it's in book well, form. It, it has way more authority than than just when we talk about it. So yeah, it's uh, it's effectively completely etched in stone now. All right, Slater's ready to talk giraffe. I think I am too. What do you say? <laughs> me too. Me too. What me too. Say? All right, uh, we'll we'll talk more about Victory Machine out now everywhere, Amazon, wherever you buy books. Uh, we'll talk more about it when we actually get to read the thing uh, ah. after a- after after you listeners, by the way. But uh, so here, I want to do something today. Let's uh, Slater wrote about like what the Warriors should do in the draft and the options. And as he accurately concluded, if the season ends today, the Warriors are guaranteed a top five pick. And depending on where they land, I think we'll change their options so what i want to do is i want to get everybody's pick depending on where the warriors are where that where they might end up let's cover all the bases so if the warriors landed the number one pick who are you taking let's start with the author of the victory machine i mean i think you know where i'm going in part because oh, in number pa- one in overall part, here's the thing what is this bias against it right I'm look, I could be wrong. It's a very unpredictable draft. I will acknowledge that. I get it. I get that other people I think maybe um lately Kevin O'Connor has you know, is is, is uh, I, why am I so petty that I want to say that he I was there first, you know, with this terrible take. Uh but Kevin O'Connor might be inclined to uh go with Killian Hayes number one. Uh but I'm going with Killian Hayes because in part I like the stats and I, I don't know if there's still an anti European bias. But why does Luka Doncic go uh, third in an NBA draft, even though he's completely dominating grown men in a really high-quality league as a teenager? Now, Hayes is not Luka. It's not that level of dominance, and his league isn't quite there. But, you know, he has better numbers than Schroeder had 
um, at a similar age. Uh, he's, I think he's, he's still 18. I think, I mean, he's really young. He's six foot five. He's very skilled. He might be the best passer in the draft. I know everybody says LaMelo, LaMelo, LaMelo. LaMelo certainly has some crazier, flashier passes, but, uh, Killian Hayes, better assist rate. And when I watch both of them, I can't really tell you who the better passer is. Maybe, I mean, Hayes doesn't pass a lot with his right hand. Maybe that's a bit of an issue. But um, scores efficiently, unlike LaMelo Ball, who scores about as efficiently in Australia as Jordan Poole did last season in the NBA. Um, So, yeah, um, I get it. There are flaws with any pick. I get that he's not the most athletic of players, but I like trusting the track record. I like trusting the numbers. I like trusting efficiency. And everything you hear about him is he's a hard worker and he tries to expand his game, and I also like that. I think it, I think what we've learned about Ethan is if he took over the Warriors draft board, he would go path number two that I wrote about today where trade down would make the most sense because his mm. favorite prospects, his top five, are all guys that are mocked going usually six to eight to 10 to 12, you know, later uh, in the first round. And if that's the case, you don't want to take a Killian Hayes necessarily number one if he's not going to go till 11 because you have to pay him as a number one pick. Uh, whereas if you get him at 11, yeah. suddenly his contract instead of yeah. four years, 44 million, let's say, is suddenly four years, 20 million plus. You can, let's say. So, so, so you're saying, so, so the the strategy should be to do the intel on the incompetent, leaky Knicks and find out who they really want, draft that guy, and then trade down and get who you really want. Is is that the, the yeah? Or you know, like the hypothetical I put was, let's say the Warriors get three, the Suns would be sitting there probably at ten unless they win the lottery. They had the tenth worst record. Um, and let's say the Suns want like an Obi Toppin, right? You know, you just need a team to fall in love with the prospect. They say, hey, Obi Toppin perfectly pairs with DeAndre Ayton. And let's say you're Ethan, you're running the draft board. You not only like Killian Hayes, you really like Tyrese Halliburton, right? Um, you might be able to get Tyrese Halliburton at ten. So you say. Let's swap three and ten. You give us Kelly Oubre into the traded player exception, uh, the last year of Kelly Oubre's contract, and you get Halliburton at ten, uh, or Killian Hayes at ten. I don't know. I mean, Killian Hayes could be available at ten. So to me, the strategy for a guy like Hayes would be to trade trade away from one. You only I, to me, you only take a guy at one if it's like he's gonna go in the top three, regardless, and you really want. Him. I like it. I like it. So then, I don't who know, has the most is, trade isn't value? that different in this draft though? Like, can can you do the the same kind of willingness? Yeah, can nobody actually fall in love with a prospect. They won't. Yeah, be able pick to leave. number one feels. I like mean, a there's hand 30 grenade. franchises. It feels like nobody wants opinions. it. Uh, I mean, what if the Knicks are like, we have to get Lamelo Ball? We I'm need to say, I wonder if they will be that way. Yeah, yeah, the Knicks could definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering how many teams would be able to fall in love as they do right before the draft. Well, True, uh, just because you're saying with like the lack of like meetings and stuff. I don't, yeah, yeah, I, you can't do the I interviews mean, and all that stuff. Yeah, I, you, to me, you just need just one decision maker that's like believes Obi Toppin's going to be a star or believes James Wiseman is a can't miss. Um, and the thing is, the Warriors have a vehicle that is very rare right now. This 17.2 million dollar trade exception to where you can really kind of balance a trade. Uh, or, you know, the, the Warriors can also think future. Another thing I put today, a complete trade out. We mentioned the Knicks. You like the 2021 draft. What if you just told the Knicks, you can have this pick at one, two, three, and we'll take your 2021 pick. And you just believe the Knicks are going to be bad again, and suddenly you got maybe a top five pick 
next season in a much better draft. So the Warriors, the, the thing I looked at today, Warriors got a ton of options. So yep. Slater, who yep. would you go with if they got number one? You just you, you going out? I know who Slater goes. I know. I know who Slater's going. All right, go ahead. Give I your know. guess before he goes. Who, who does he go with? Could it be Wiseman? Slater's a Wiseman guy. Yeah, I kind of am. Um, you know, honestly, per- particularly after doing this exercise uh, of the article I did, I probably would think about trading out. But if it's like, you know, you got to take a guy. Um, I like the mystery of Wiseman, and I just like the size. You know, we talk about it, the argument against Wiseman. Well, there's multiple, but one of them is, you know, you don't need a big man in today's NBA. Marquise Chris can fill that role. But Marquise Chris is six foot nine. Uh, James Wiseman is 7'1", 240 at the age of 19. He has a wingspan of 7'6", and he has a standing reach of like 9'4", I Ooh. think, which is Rudy Gobert. I mean, he he's the size of Rudy Gobert. And um, I understand the big man's decreased value in today's NBA, but when we're talking about a draft where the starting-to-be consensus top pick, Anthony Edwards, uh, reminds me of Dion Waiters, and he shoots... You know, oh. he shoots 29% from three while taking like eight threes a game this season. I don't see anyone at the top that uh, would make me say, well, you got to take a wing. So why not? I mean, can you imagine the Warriors suddenly with like a towering center? That's the one thing they haven't had. And, and I know they won titles without it. And it's not the modern NBA, but like, you know, I just it sounds good to suddenly have like a seven foot one rim protector. I'd say if if Wiseman can shoot, and I don't even know how they're going to be able to determine that because they're talking about, oh, yeah, there's all the college games we already looked at. Well, would he play two, three, three college games? And you're not going to be able to work him out. You're not going to be able to go to these group sessions. Um, if he, if there's any questions about him being able to shoot, I don't know that he's – because you got Draymond already and you got Pascal already. So if you're just looking practically, it's going to be tough to play him a lot, plus Chris, all the other stuff. If he can shoot, I'd take him. I'd take him anywhere. Um, if he, if you're not sure if he's, you know, a questionable shooter and you may, he may never be able to reliably hit a 15 to 20 footer and maybe stretch it out to three, I might have to pass on it. Just thinking about Draymond's, I've already written, I think Draymond's their center essentially next season. And they're going to play Pascal at the four, you know, with, with Chris working in there. I don't know that you need to put another non-shooter in there. I don't know if you can. So it's, this is going to be really tough. If I'm the Warriors, if I'm Ethan Strauss and running the Warriors, it's really tough for me to make a call like that on Wiseman. I think he's somebody you want to take a look at. You want to say, okay, turn around, hit those jump shots. And remember when they were working out Drummond uh, before they took Barnes, uh, they did a private workout and they said he couldn't make free throw. He couldn't like he couldn't come close. That's one of the reasons they didn't take Drummond. Well, I don't know that Wiseman's like that, but I, I'm not going to know. So if I'm that one. I better know that, or I take Obi Toppin. That's that's what I would say. My, my issue with Toppin is uh, he just so he overlaps Draymond and no question, Pascal no question, so much. No, no question. But can you play all three of them? You know, thirty minutes, like you know, together. Share, share, I don't yeah, know. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not together. But like, can those three guys be your three? You know, your four or five kind of combination when you go small. Now again, you can't do it against all the teams. But I think Toppin is a guy you can plug right in there and say he's going to give us some good yeah. minutes. I, I would be really intrigued to see Toppin's offense. I'm, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll be the one. I'm, go, I'm going with LaMelo. I'm going with LaMelo number one, the most talented Bam. player in the draft. And, and here's what he's going to do. Oh, man, they're going to need this too. He's going to put some seats in Chase Center. 
he's he's gonna he's gonna be a draw in a way that we probably wouldn't have thought they needed, but now they needed it. I love it. He's not gonna put butts in seats. He's so he's such an attraction. He's gonna put more seats in Chase Center. Yeah, he's gonna put seats in Chase. He's gonna fill the seats in Chase. You're saying he's capable of filling the the bunker suite section that's always empty. He's capable of actually bringing. I'm saying, I'm saying we can't overlook we can't overlook the fact that you can't just assume Chase is gonna be filled again. I kind of I don't know. Can. I feel like after the I don't think so. Here's the thing: after D'Angelo Russell, I don't know they do the whole Labello thing. That seems like D'Angelo Russell times a hundred. Like that, yeah. that would well, one be my guy is, entr- is an entrenched vet who made an All Star team. The other is, is a Lamel- it's from the Ball family. <laughs> So it's sort of similar. Well, yeah, I mean, sort of similar, but yeah. the other guy is, clear, is, is, is a kid. Clear, he's I, 18, 19 years old. I, I, you know what? I, I, think I respect the take. I think you know, he's I, the most talented player in the draft. When you're picking number one, you're trying to get somebody who's going to change the game. We just watched this with Marvin Bagley and Luka Doncic. Marvin Bagley is a good NBA player. They passed on Luka. One dude had a chance to be incredible. One didn't. And I think LaMelo has the chance to be incredible. And if you're picking number one, otherwise I'm getting out. That's I'm like Slater, yeah. you get out. You just can't take a number one pick and get a dude who might be a role player or who at best is a starter sharing minutes with a starter. On uh, a four-year, $44 million Yeah, deal. absolutely. I, I think it, it, LaMelo is a guy in two years who could be like, all right, this might be your guy. And he might not be, but he he also could be. I'd probably do like Slater and pick out and, and get up out of it because somebody's going to want him. But if I got to take the pick, I'd probably go, I'd just I mean, go with the most for, talented. For, for us, for our sake, it's what I would want to happen. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of a factor too, right? Like, we, forget, the, forget the seats. What I really mean is we need some juice out here. We need some I, you know what? I, I agree that I think LaMelo Bell is the most talented player in this draft. I think he's I, – I like him more than I would say. Like Anthony Edwards is another guy you'd say is one of the most talented guys. I don't know that either one of those guys is going to fit with Steve Kerr. And I think you do have to look at this if you're the Warriors. <laughs> oh, no, they're and, not. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you've know you got Clay and Steph already. Uh, the D'Angelo thing didn't work when you didn't even have Clay or Steph, by the way. So you're going to have both of them back. And but it might it might it might have worked if you got Clay and Steph. Yeah, it might have. I, mean, I don't do we know. I that? think yeah. they made I think they made the call that it wasn't going. Uh, yeah, no and, question they did. And and Lamelo, <laughs> you know, I I can see the value, like like what Slater wrote today. It's like, hey, in a year or two, they could probably flip Lamelo Ball. Like, there's gonna, he's going to retain value at that without size, question. Yes, at, at, you know, with that amount of skill. Uh, but I can't see how this would fit in what the Warriors are going to try to do next season. And I still think that's a, it's a big part of this. And I think almost at, at at one or two, the Warriors are almost trying to defend themselves against having to pick Anthony Edwards or James, or, or I'm sorry, Lamelo Ball. Who I just don't think is going to fit how they play, and they went through it. As, you don't as think as he could be a third guard? You don't think he could be he a third could. guard? I think he could. He's got the size. I think that's, got the size a, I think that's it, an but, ideal spot for him. His first year in the league. But who's he, who's going he, to be a star. Who's he, who's he defending at, at that position? He's a, he's a capable defensively. I mean, he's not great, so. but he's capable. He's lengthy. He's lengthy. Yeah, he's got the but, size. He's got good instincts. What's the over under on early season DMPs before Lavar just has his first just light up <laughs> yeah. interview? I guess that where whole thing. Yeah. You they do they, have to look they at that. decided. Oh no question, no question. But they decided before when they were making this thing that hey, you put people with Steph and they'll get better. 
And they tried it with D'Angelo, but he never actually got to be with Steph. If you put LaMelo... What about when the dad already thinks that the backup point guard yeah, is better but, than Steph? I, mean, <laughs> I just don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with Joe Lacob's ego over Lamar, LeVar Ball's <laughs> ego. Right? <laughs> I think LeVar Ball's going to... Joe's going to... I think LeVar... How, how often will LeVar be sitting courtside next to Joe? Another question. Oh, I have. Hey, once again, you are correct. This would be the best story for us. That's for sure. Oh, my, oh my. <laughs> God, it would be continuous. It would be on and on and on and God, on. God, Steve Kerr would age like a president during this time. Or, um, or, or, Lamelo is. I mean, if you if you look at the skill and look, I understand buying is going to be tough, but it could be Steve's grand project, just like they thought D'Angelo was going to be. The question yeah. we're talking about is buy-in. We're presuming he won't buy in, but he's nineteen and he's getting his hat handed to him in Australia. Right, you know, let's say this maybe is, this is not. <laughs> You know, this is not just Kerr, though, right? I mean, this is Draymond, this is Clay, this is Steph, this is, you know, the veterans on that team. And I don't think they bought in D'Angelo, or, or they did, and then they slowly lost faith yeah. in him. I mean, with a young kid, it could even be worse. I mean, it could be really, like... Or it could is, be better. I'm just saying, he's, yeah. uh, he's 19, and he's getting his hat handed to him in Lithuania and Australia. He might come to the NBA with some humility. Possibly. Yeah, so, I, I, I respect the take from Marcus, and a lot of people share the um, you know share the analysis that this is the most talented player. His handle's incredible. His passing vision's incredible. He's got shake. He's got some tools. He's six foot seven. Although I don't precisely know anybody's height in this draft. I mean, it's we're kind of we're kind of guessing. He's like really six three and a half. Yeah, we like, we don't we don't we don't know. You know, I, I I was actually doing that analysis. I was watching I was watching him play and seeing him stand next to other players where I know the height, and I was going, well, that guy looks six five, and I don't know. You know, we're going to be doing a lot of that with this draft. But um, I think my my counter argument would be playing in Australia. Australian League, I love watching it. I'm an NBL fan. I love the setup. It is not the best league in the world. It is worse than the top European leagues. It is not very athletic. Um, and his true shooting, I think, was, what, 46%? Granted, he's taken some crazy shots. You know, he'll probably be taking better shots if you have him alongside Steph. I just I just can't do it. I can't do it. If you are, if you are that inefficient in the NBL, I cannot take you with the number one pick and think that it's going to be a good outcome with the realization and recognition that talent, star power, everything we're talking about. I just, that would be my free throw line. I think he's around 70. He's sort of, uh, I think he's like a straight 70. I think who, okay. I have a question. Who do you guys think would be a better rotation player for the Warriors next year? LaMelo ball or Jordan pool. I know LaMelo has a much, uh, higher future upside, but you could argue pool be would be the nah nah the the pool pool yeah but that's my point the way when pool got effective they put him in the point guard role they took him that's out of spot I mean. and up, put the ball in his hand there's no way he's better than Lamelo with the ball in his hands there's just no way like if you put in Lamelo on an off ball role pool's probably better but ball in hands at the top they gotta well, make a play I'm yeah, taking but- Lamelo all day. Yeah, but there's that idea of like Lamelo to me seems like the type of player who like needs full control of like the play yes. where it's like I am going to control the shot clock for 20 seconds. Where do you want that on the Warriors? You know, that, that's <laughs> not how the Warriors play. It's more you want a guy. I don't know. Look, I don't think Poole's any type of ideal option. I think the Warriors should probably go and get a veteran point guard uh, to be the backup next season. But um, you want more of a ball mover. And when I talk about Halliburton potentially trading down for him. Like, that's just more of a guy. Yes, he can pass, but he doesn't have to, you know, eat the entire shot. But he does, though. But he does. 
Halliburton Who? is a is a ball dominant floor general. Uh, he's not ball dominant. I, I mean, mean not, Ethan, like not for the shot, but his his time with the ball in his hands is high. Ethan, he's you not a not off the ball. He's not an off the ball cutting pass. He's a I got Lamelo. Lamelo ball is incredibly ball dominant. No, I'm he's talking incredibly. about Halliburton. Halliburton's not ball dominant. Oh, Halliburton, not, yeah. not to score. I'm saying like no, no, he's no, got no. the ball in his hands. He's making. Mm, he's a floor ha- general. Ha- Halliburton is an awesome passer, but it's almost in the way that a Boris Diaw is. I mean, they play different positions, but it's not like you're relying on Boris Diaw to to run the pick and roll all the time for him to make the passes he makes. What style would you say fits the Warriors better, a Boris Diaw or a James Harden? Um, I mean, a Boris Diaw probably, given what they already have. And Halliburton, um, I mean, he's really intriguing to me in this way just because he has that. And even if his shot is a bit of a push shot, he knocks down 40% of his threes in college. So it looks like oh, he's yeah, somebody no where he doesn't need to dominate the ball. He d- makes great plays on defense. Uh, he hits open threes. You know, maybe this isn't a high upside. This guy's going to be a superstar type of pick. But that's also a pick that I'm sure I'm guessing would make some people, uh, let's say, Steve Kerr happy. He's the and perfect trade down pick. He's the perfect. To yeah. me, if like you find that trade down option is there and you can get a valuable asset attached to a Halliburton, I would consider that a win on draft night personally. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think if you trade down and get Halliburton, you're definitely winning, especially if you can get another piece with it. I'm just not really on board with saying a player who's 19, this is how he's going to be for the next five years. Like some of these dudes will learn, some of them will grow, some will adjust, some will be coachable. And just because Anthony Edwards is chucking at Georgia, don't mean he won't be able to go off the ball. That's just my spiel. If they have the skill and the ability. Off ball is a weird thing though. It seems like one of those things where it should be easy and yet it seems rare that guys are good it's off the ball. Did, did, you, did you see that Sam Mitchell rant that was like randomly on? Oh, that was Twitter, so good. Like it was probably like oh. a month ago. But they, I mean, he was speaking to what we're talking about, where he was like, you know, he's coaching like an AAU type team, where all these guys are stars growing up. All, you know, all, all the top prospects are the best players on their youth teams, and he was basically yelling at them about like, you think if you go to Houston, they're gonna give you the ball, or do you think it's gonna be in the hands of Russell Westbrook and James Harden? Uh, and I think that's the the issue with some of the prospects we're talking about is if they're coming to the Warriors, that you're not handing the ball to Lamelo Ball. You're just not. I mean, he's he needs to do some more off ball stuff. Then it comes. We can discuss the strategy. Should the Warriors even care? Should the, should the Warriors be thinking more about 2024 and who they're handing the franchise to, or should they be thinking more about like, wow, just, can we get just, a nice rotation? Piece it just hit me. In? It just it just hit me that Lamelo Ball would be in the Jarrett Jack role. With the Warriors, mm, yeah. that's that's what the setup would be. It would be Lamelo at the top of the key. That's exactly Steph and Clay trying to that, get open. That's a great role for him in his first year. Absolutely, I think so. Well, I if, say he's, the one, if he's with it, you know, we should say how special it is. How a guy like Clay was, they saw it in him. Jerry West saw it in Bob Myers saw it in him. Yeah, so it's yeah. not like there's not a lot of Clay Thompsons who are 30 years old right now. There just aren't. And I think we can say if you're not like that. You're very much not like that when you're 18 or 19. The odds are lessened that you're going to be like that when you're 25, 26. It just, you kind of are who you are offensively. You kind of like what you want to like. They had great hopes that D'Angelo Russell would change a little bit. I don't even know if they really asked him to, but they could see it wasn't going to work. Now, we don't. you, you don't want to always judge something on the last thing. I'm a big proponent of that. But 
we kind of saw them force something. And D'Angelo Russell's not an old guy at all. That was the big part of it, 23 years old. And they decided he yeah, was Yeah, but he had four take. years in the league. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, the guy was the starting point guard for the Lakers with Kobe. Yeah. Like, he was gone. Like, he's done. That's <laughs> five it, years it, in the league. All, it's all judgment. And, yeah, we're talking yeah, yeah. about a, a very strange draft here. But I just think they do. I mean, not necessarily to sell out for the short term. And The guy who can fit you right now with the players you exactly have right now when they may not be the same players in three years. But you got the same. You got the coach. Uh, you've got a system. I think Steph's going to be around for four or five years, you know, in whatever you know possible different roles as as the years go by. And I just don't I don't see two guys who fit well with that. I don't see Edwards and Ball, which is unfortunate for them probably because they. Might so how 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 would Keely Hayes work? He's the same. Yeah, I, dude. I haven't well, I haven't watched him enough. Ethan Ethan believes that it, it, it would be a fit, but that's why I would lean Wiseman and Toppin. That's, that's I, why I do I think that's an, that I think that's an argument against Hayes. Uh, he does like to operate on the ball, and I talked to his trainer, um, and I don't know when they're going to be able to connect again because his trainer's down in Florida and Killian's over there now in France, and nobody can travel anywhere. So who knows? Who knows how any of these guys can work on anything? Is the other question. Um, but he said that they were working on off the ball because they realized that that's going to be something he needs to do, and he would love to play for the Warriors, um, as I'm sure a lot of these picks would. Um, but I think but that no, Hayes has the like ability. But I think Hayes. But I'll put it this way: I think Hayes has the ability <laughs> to shoot off. I think Hayes has the ability to shoot off of a screen, and I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case for Lamelo or or. You know, or Edwards has the capability to shoot off a screen, I think. But Lamelo, I just don't, I don't see it. I think H- Edwards and Hayes could at least do that much and do some pin downs. If there's anybody on this list that that whoever you're, we're saying you and the fact that you know we're being GMs right now, but if you're a GM, if there's anybody on the list you think is gonna be a future All Star, you're like, yeah, that guy is a future All Star. You take him, but like. Is there anyone? My thing is the reason why I would probably uh, propose trading down is like, is there anybody on this list you guys think it's like, oh yeah, that guy's gonna be an all star? I think I, somebody will be, but do we yeah. know who that is? No, no, yeah, I don't think no, there's any sure thing I, on this one. I don't, I don't think. All right, so. let's go to number two then. <laughs> Killian Hayes, though. If the Warriors get number two, I guess that a lot of this depends on who goes number yeah, one. Yeah, I was gonna say we, we might yeah. all pick the same guys. So. I know, yeah, I'd right? say one. I'd say one, two, three was gonna, are going to be similar answers because we don't know the mix. Like who who do we like at the top is basically what we're saying. And I think you know we've said who we like at one, two, three, and who we don't like. No one is picking Edwards, by the way. No one's saying Anthony. Yeah, Edwards I, I did wow. kind of want to talk about that because I'd say that's. Probably the guy that most people believe the Warriors would take at one at this point, or at least that's kind of. I mean, if if you don't know <laughs> their the way they think, I think you'd say that because I think if you know the way they think, I think that's a guy they're not. Gonna he's take. six five. That's the part I can't get past. <laughs> like, he's, it's just he's a it's, six five wing. Very Dion Waiters yeah. to me. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's because yeah. like I wrote that or kind of looking at it, but he, yeah. He, I mean, I, you know, yeah, he's the guy I think will be in the. If you had a bet on a guy who's going to be in the league. For a, for the longest time, I might bet him because we see these guys bounce around. You know, you know, there, there's guys who can score, and so they have a role in this league. But yeah, Waiters uh, just got like, like four for forty eight from the exactly. Heat, which turned and, out to be and, a terrible call. And, Edward, and Edwards might be better than that. He might be, you know, right about that. But I, I just don't see him on the Warriors. I just don't see that that game fitting like at all with the Warriors. Don't do not see it. Would you take Edwards too? I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't. If it's, he's on the board at two, the value still ain't high enough. Yeah, let's say yeah. Wiseman goes one. I take Toppin or Wiseman. I take I take Lamelo over Edwards. I, I I'm just because he's more variety to his game. I think uh, he's younger, uh, and you can possibly imagine him playing some defense. And I I don't think you can imagine Edwards playing defense. I, I just think you're asking for a bad fit. If if you if you're stuck like Anthony Edwards has to be the pick. You, if you're the Warriors, you got to trade it. That's that's how I, I think uh, more so than any player I think on that we're talking about. I think Edwards is a guy that he's just he's too talented to waste. Like you wouldn't be able to use that talent in this construction. So just trade him. Yeah, you'd hope that somebody falls in love with him. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm a little more pro Edwards. I I, I think his shot it's not uniform. It seems to change a lot, uh, and I don't know what's up with that. But he did hit 77 percent of his free throws. And it seems like if you did the proper refinement, proper instruction, uh, he could be a really good off the dribble three point threat. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't love taking him. It's just body. I mean, the athleticism. They don't really have a lot of uh, a lot of athletic guys, so I think he could contribute that to the Warriors. But yeah, I have all the reservations everybody else has about Edwards, and it there, it is interesting that people from outside the Warriors situation in media are saying Edwards, 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 and none of us, not that anybody is telling us specifically that it won't happen, and we have maybe a few months to find out, but none of us think that. That's an interesting dichotomy. Marcus, uh, I want to spin this on you, because I feel like since you're asking the question, you probably got another hot take you want to deliver to us. So, LaMelo <laughs> Ball goes to the New York Knicks, who have won the lottery at number one. The Warriors are sitting at two. Who is your second pick? I'm taking Wiseman. Mm. I take Wiseman too. Like I don't know for some reason one and two just feel like a, a gulf of difference. It feels like enough of a difference where yeah, the, Wiseman the is off not you. that it's not that big of a risk. At one, he just feels so risky to be a bus. At two, it just feels less risky. <laughs> I don't know why, but you take Edward, you take Lamelo off the board. I'm, I'm like TK. I'm taking Wiseman, Toppin, Lamelo over Anthony Edwards. He just only has one position, so so that presents gonna, a question. Uh, if you're the Warriors right now, do you want number one? If you're going into lottery no, night, whenever I that don't want be, number one. What do, great, want? Well, what do you I want? Well, I think what Marcus said is a great point because that is a big difference reputation wise. For instance, Derek Williams was picked number two. And I feel like nobody ever even talks about it. Yeah, he flamed out, and it was like, all right, whatever. We're uh, yeah. Hashim to beat. Nobody ever talks about. Well, they do him. in one in one context. In one context, yeah, absolutely. In, in one context, <laughs> but yeah, it's nobody. Nobody seems to care about that. Versus if you, whereas Joe up, Smith, people don't even act yeah. like he played fifteen years in the league. He's just known yeah. as the ninety-five bust. Yeah. yeah, if you if you're picked number one and you're a bust, it's just a different situation than number two for Look whatever. Look at reason. Andrew Wiggins, the situation that the Warriors are dealing with now, where it's he's considered to have had a really kind of like disappointing career to this point. He's like a twenty point per game career scorer, and I understand the disappointment in him, but a lot of that is tied to the fact that he went one. But yeah. you control the draft at one, so when we talk about trading down, you get one on lottery night. You can make oh, yeah. all the calls. You I'm want. celebrating you can... for that reason, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's 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 wheel and deal this thing. I'm celebrating because call... we can write like six stories about it before the draft. So <laughs> yes, I, I just celebrate that. But but let's say you get one, you can literally the next day call every GM and be like, do you like? I can offer you any player. You can offer a player instead of like a theoretical pick. So 
That would be, but also you got to pay the guy if you take a guy at one. I don't know what what spot would you want if you're the Warriors? Two, three, four, five. I wouldn't mind four, four five, four, five. Yeah, I mean, if I'm not trading it, yeah, I don't want I, the I, one I, to trade, but to draft, yeah. I'm, I'm into that Ethan, one, Ethan, two Ethan, thing. If you're the Warriors and you get one, and somebody wants to come up and trade you like a, the the eight and something else, and they're going to take Killian Hayes, do you do it? The eight and they're gonna wait. They're taking yeah. Killian Hayes yeah, at number so one. You can't take Hayes. Yeah, you can't take Hayes. <laughs> oh man, look at you! I'm having to I'm having to kill kill my baby yes, here yes. Uh, to save the to, to be a prudent general manager. That's would you be hard. prudent, right? Though your guy would go number one. Overall. Ethan, who's your I second mean, favorite prospect? Who would you take two if Hayes was gone? I like Obi. Um, now, what and, do you, what do you see Toppin being in the NBA? Um, I see him being a power forward slash small ball five, which is a bit of an issue for the Warriors. But I just love the idea of him in dribble handoffs, flanked by Steph and flanked by Clay. And look, I understand that he's a he's um, older, and I get it. Um, I understand he played for a lesser team, but his numbers are still great when he went against the big boys. And he's the best offensive player in college basketball, maybe by far. Like I'm not even sure it's close. And he can rim run, and he can shoot threes, and he can play make, he can pass. And I know defensively he's not the ideal size, and frankly he doesn't have the ideal awareness, which is an issue. But he can switch. He does seem to have the speed potentially to switch. So with acknowledging that none of these picks are perfect and they all have their flaws and all of their concerns, I just like what Obi Toppin can bring to the table offensively for the Warriors. And so that's why I'd have quickly because I don't think he'd be available if let's say at 10, if you trade it down, they, the Who, Warriors might need to make a trade by the way, if they get him, because how are you going to have Draymond top no and Pascal? Um, who's your third prospect? Ethan? quick. Um, I, I was trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the exact order because I actually well, okay, wrote it all pro- down. Who's a prospect? <laughs> who's a prospect you love that would be available at ten? Probably, uh, probably. Halliburton. Maybe Halliburton. Killian okay. Hayes. Killian okay, Hayes. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Halliburton. Maybe Halliburton at number three, just because the statistical resume, the defensive potential, and everything we were talking about about uh, fitting into the Warriors. Uh, so, yeah. if you were a GM, would you rather? have Hayes at one or would you rather have uh Halliburton and Kelly Oubre let's say you so you trade you give the Suns number one you take Oubre uh contracting in the trade exception and you get Halliburton which would you rather I, walk out of the draft with uh, on, I mean I'm not a big Oubre time. guy I'm not a big Oubre guy but if you get somebody who's like that but a little better, I probably do that just because you can't predict it one way or the other, so you might as well get value. Oh, okay, another yeah. question for all of you. Let's say the Warriors get one. Would you would you just give it up without getting a pick back to get Marcus Smart or Josh Richardson, let's say? Boston was like— That's, that's the big question. Yeah. If Boston said, we want James Wiseman. Richardson, maybe. I love Marcus Smart. I love Marcus Smart. I don't think that kind of player holds up. I think that kind of player tends to get injured and tends to have a very short career. So that would be my fear when it comes to trading a pick. I think Boston would be thrilled to do it, but I just don't. I don't know. I, I had a I bunch of Boston fans yelling at me when Slater wrote that, and they said, "I assume none of them were traded. Danny Ainge, though." Yeah, never. Yeah. Ne- no, Daniel R. Ainge did not tweet me, but uh, <laughs> never, never, ever. They'll never trade. I, like I didn't. I could have said, "Yeah, just like Tom." He's Brady not available, Tim. <laughs> 
Uh, I, just, I, I was just surprised that they value Marcus Smart. Like I said, you're, you're valuing him like, you know, he's Jason Tatum here, and he's not. Uh, but it was interesting. You just never know when you t- hit a little little fragile moment. for. for he's a, a beloved player. He's like their Draymond. You know, it's, you it's know, an emotional yeah. thing for that fan base. But maybe like Draymond. I mean, he's like Draymond, but smaller. <laughs> And hasn't won three titles. No, right? yeah, and hasn't won. If you were running the Celtics next year, would you rather have Smart coming off the bench or would you rather like have James Wiseman as your center of the future? I mean, they have a big they have a big hole right now at center. Yeah, yeah given, that I've got, given that I've got yeah, I've got Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, I absolutely would move Marcus Smart. Absolutely. But you know, realizing though, you know, some of these big playoff games have come down and it's been Marcus Smart out there, right? Playing a yeah. huge role. No doubt. But it just it's jamming too many people into not enough roles at and and yeah, I'd want a different position if I was them. I'd, no question it's about that. It's tough because sometimes the players who give you toughness and are so integral to winning a championship seem to be the players who don't have longevity. It seems right now in the NBA, in the switching league, defense really labor-intensive. And some of these guys who play perimeter defense, they rack up the injuries, and if they can't, if they can't shoot, amazingly well um the the wear and tear really does seem to add up and i think that then the wrong conclusion is drawn people go oh draymond's starting to fall off he was never good in the first place instead of maybe realizing that he was great and the arc of a defensive ace in the modern nba just might be quicker than it is for the offensive well, players also, i'll say you know when the jump shot comes and goes when in your prime it goes really fast when you're not in your prime anymore. And if you're an elite shooter, it maintains. Ray Allen was a great, is it, Ray Allen's a great shooter right now. Steph's going to be a great shooter. Clay's going to be a great shooter f- for as long as they play in the NBA. Draymond was hot and cold. Marcus Smart is very hot and cold. And if as your career continues, I think the shot falls off faster than almost anything else. If you're an iffy shooter. If you're hot and cold. And I think maybe that's where the other market. Of course, that's where the guy we're talking about the Warriors trading for. So I'm not sure how we're we're getting we're kind of going backwards uh, into this, but that's all well. Right. Overarching strategic question for for all of you then, because I do really think this is what the Warriors front office is staring at this summer. How much do you sacrifice, let's say 2023, 2024, 2025, to chase the next two to three seasons with uh you know your your core that is your you know can win a title when they're at their best, but they're only going to really, they may already be past their best, but if they still have a little bit of legs left in their prime, it is the next two to three seasons. How much do you mortgage the future to chase the now? A hundred percent. I mean, they're paying these dudes $130 million, right? Like if, if, if they think at some point this isn't the group to win, then they need to start moving some of these pieces, but you can't commit so much of the cap to not go all in right now that like that's how i see it anyway yeah i'm sorry my column I mean, just went up with broken link so go ahead keep talking <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i think it's tough i love the draft i love waiting for i mean the future arrives sooner than you'd think and even though i understand that the warriors have a bit of a timeline problem where the time it will take for one of these guys to get productive on the nba level by the time it happens the other guys might be out of their primes i mean that's why this is a fascinating conversation to me. it is it is i i i still i worry about mortgaging the future because then what happens at the end of it all what happens when all these guys are out of their primes at the same time and you've got nothing to replenish 
the roster going well, forward. Well, it'll be LeVar Ball coaching the LaMelo Ball Warriors <laughs> in 2024. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I worry about that. I think that's I think that's a big concern. And I'm more inclined, and maybe I'm just more conservative in this way, I'm more inclined just to take the pick and then just to take the Wolves pick next year and try to do the Spurs thing of just getting everybody involved in the same system going forward and you take the and you take the pick purely on who will be the potentially greatest star not about fit now um i mean it sort of depends where that pick lands whoever you get now you're you're i want hayes make no no mistake about it make fun of me if it doesn't work out i want hayes i think that's the guy who needs to learn from steph i think that's the guy who needs to get slowly incorporated into the Warriors situation and you hopefully you know maybe it's a situation where Steph hangs on for longer and Hayes gets traded like George Hill got traded like with the Spurs I don't know but I feel that they do need an additional playmaker they need an additional guard and so that that makes sense to me that makes the most sense number three pick who you got Wiseman's off the board Anthony Edwards off the board (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm presuming those are the two consensus. Or Obi Top is off the board. I don't know who would go first. How about mocks. this USC center that I've Oh, been I love him. Makongu. Yeah. Yeah. I love him, man. I think that guy could fit with the Warriors. That's, I mean, I think that's. I think that's he's good. Player. I just don't think they need another 6 9 center. I think that might be just what centers are like now. That they need to have mobility. They, they need to be able to switch. To I mean, like, I mean, Rudy they Gobert literally have really a seven good. foot one. They really have a seven foot one in the same draft. So it doesn't. Yeah, have to Rudy be. Gobert is really good, but Bam is better than Rudy. You know, and if you think this guy's like Bam, I mean, that's that guy's turned the whole Heat situation around. And I think there are a lot of similarities. And this guy, yeah, he might be a little bit on the shorter side, but he's long. He's just a beast, man. He really, uh, he really plays hard guards multiple positions, scores. I mean, he's got some offensive upside Yeah, as well. I like his touch. I like his touch. I think that's and a bit can, of a difference maker. St- and I think he's going to be able to step out in, in a couple of years' time. Now, I did see some bad games from him. I saw him get beaten by Marquette and not play that well. So it tempered some of my enthusiasm. But if I'm running a team and, and that's the pick, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with the potential. The Warriors have a bit of a glut when it comes to the bigs, but... I think increasingly, it's just the Draymond situation is something that needs to be figured out one way or the other. That's the thing. They need to know what they have. They need to know if last season was not representative. They need to know if he'll be able to shoot again. And they'll have some hard calls to make. I would say two things on that. He will not be able to shoot again. I think that's been decided. But he can still be the Draymond of last year's playoffs again. But there's no way for the Warriors to know that until next year's playoffs. And they have a big decision to make before then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, if you're like, this is our center of the future, go ahead. But he's going to be in a four-man four rotation. <laughs> it's just, that's a pretty high pick. I think, I'll put it this guy. way. I get that Wiseman has maybe a higher upside. But I would not be surprised at all if Okongwu is a better career than Wiseman. That's what I'll say. I don't think any of us would be surprised, surprised. But you would be surprised if he doesn't, right? I think it's possible. Uh, I think it's possible he won't. I mean, let me look at a Kongu. Who would you do? Because Ethan, would... Ethan, you're controlling the fourth pick, and both mm-hmm. are available. And your owner says we need a center. Pick one. Who are you taking? A Kongu. There you go. He's on record. Everybody. He's on record. And some of that's informed by again. All this comes with the, all the caveats, and I'm just trying to have a take that's based on the stats in the film 
and I'm not trying to go off. I'm not trying to go off what the other draft boards are saying, and I'm not. I'm not so arrogant as I'm saying that I know something they don't, and I I have superior knowledge. I'm just trying to just give my own opinion based on what I'm seeing. And with Wiseman, um, the AAU stats are concerning to me. I mean, those are not dominant stats for a high school center with his physical tools. They're far worse than Bagley's were as a senior uh, high school player. Far worse. The one blind spot, you know, I was the guy that just said I'd take Wiseman one. The one blind spot, he's just, he's got a cool name in the idea of having like a oh, yeah. towering seven foot one stud center. Like, it's just really intriguing, you know, particularly for a Warriors team that hasn't had the towering like Goliath that's going to block two and a half shots and, you know, just post up. Obviously, that's not even the modern NBA at all, but like that sounds cool. It sounds cool. And it seems with the Warriors that with the Steph and Clay spacing that you'll have more to eat when it comes to those lobs. And so there's a natural role for him. But yeah, if I'm getting a guy based on one row, I think I'd try Wiseman because he's he's got one role. That's it. And he might he has the highest upside for the one role guys. To me, Anthony Edwards is a one role guy. So. I mean, a Kongwu came in with very little hype. I don't even know what his R, RSCI was. But he, uh, he well, okay, he was nineteen from the free throw line, which is he, good. he came in nineteen prospects. So yeah, he, he came with some hype. I mean, his he was dominant in a legit. I mean, in the Pac twelve, he was dominant. He was thirty minutes a game. 16 points on 10 shots, over 60% from the field, 72% free throw and over five free throws a game. He was getting fouled a lot. And then defensively, he's got 2.7 blocks, 1.2 steals. I mean, that is, I mean, that's oh, that's good. a pretty, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it compares to Anthony Davis's freshman season. I think Davis might have been blocking like five shots a game. But, I mean, that's one of the best freshman seasons in, in college basketball, um, if not the best. So, yeah, I just tend to favor production over archetypes, and so I would go I would go a conquest. I like mystery. I like that Wiseman ducked out of the NCAA. We don't know. Yeah, give me um, the mystery. <laughs> but the one thing I will say, a set, to me, a center, either of those two centers, has a cleaner, easier path to be an immediate rotation guy on the Warriors. Because I just think it's like Marcus said, just you just come in and you catch lobs and you try to rim protect. And to me, you have an easier role than trying to learn how to be a wing in the in a winning environment in the NBA. Yeah. So we get to four. Let's group four and five together because we've been going a while. Who are you willing to take? Assuming those big riskier picks are off the board. You said, hey, if the Warriors get four or five, that's where you want to be. So who do you take? We know, and and let's presume Ethan Killian Hayes is off the board because we know you take him every chance you get. I'm getting confused as to who's available and who isn't at this point. Nobody's available. Who Nobody's available, but you're picking at four. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I would take either of the. I would take either of the centers. Basically, we're in the second available. tier. Yeah. I would say that the USC center uh, is considered second tier. If he was available, I would take him. If not. I start to get more intrigued by a guy like Halliburton who feels like less of a reach the further down the line you go. Once again, I would probably make calls around, uh, which I think I would do in any pick to see if there's just another franchise who's in love with somebody uh, and then try to leverage them into a package that includes a pick. You know what worries me about uh, the USC guy? Now that I think about it, you know who he reminds me of? Ike Diagu. 
<laughs> no, he's more expl- more athletic than Diallo. No, he's yeah, he's more yeah. way more athletic and more physical. Yeah. It's just, but yeah, that I, size, that yeah, size, that that yeah. that bruising guy who's six nine in college, he just doesn't always end up so bruising. In the well, world. would it make you feel better if we we did the comparison between uh, between Bam stats at Kentucky and and a Kongwu, and you know, it's like same same size guy. I mean. Would that you make you feel pass better? Anywhere. I mean, one of Bam's like Bam. Bam didn't really pass. Bam, Bam didn't really pass in college. At least not in my memory. Uh, well, do you see? I mean, because to me, like one of the greatest appeals of Bam is like the Draymond. Also, he went to like, Kentucky. He, like <laughs> we're talking like top level talent, not like some. Oh come on! Like, don't, don't 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 adopt the East Coast bias. Like Pac twelve. No, I'm just saying. Like, like, like a, if you're a top talent, where are you going? USC or Kentucky? It's not yeah, like they well, got an average dude and he blew up. They got one of the they get the best talent, and uh, you know the USC guy was a sleeper who ended up being really good. There's a difference in the two, is all I'm saying. I mean, that's a crazy trajectory of Bam's career, considering that uh, he was point eight assists at Kentucky in 30 minutes a game, and he's turned into a point forward. I mean, that is. That that's the unpredictability of the NBA draft, folks. I mean, how do you how do you even see something like that coming? Um, but TK was about but, to say something before we cut him off. Oh, I was going to say I don't know if I'd say it at four, but I like Okoro. And again, this might be my total Warriors thing. Like, who fits on the Warriors? He feels like somebody who could play for me if I'm if I'm coaching the Warriors. Like, he's a guy you could put on you know put on defend twos and threes, move the ball around. Not saying he's Iguodala. No, 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 no. But one thing we watched this team, they had nobody close to doing what anything that Iguodala used to do. Just fill in little gaps. Be long. You know, play passing lanes. Move the ball. I don't know. Ethan, can he shoot? I'm not even sure if he can shoot very well. But, I, I think his yeah, shot is a big, yeah. big problem. Yeah, that's, big a, that's, a, that's a problem. But but he like but it's weird is he has a lot of ball skills. Yeah, his yeah, ball skills leading up to the shot. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there, I, I could. You know, again, I wouldn't say if he four, just shot seventy yeah, percent yeah. from three, he'd be a top three pick. Seventy yeah. percent from three. Seventy <laughs> yeah. I mean, percent from, from free throw. From free throw. If he just shot seventy oh. percent from the free throw, I was like, if bad. he shot seventy percent from three, <laughs> no, I don't know. I know Marcus. This is the most valuable pick in NBA history. <laughs> That's I don't know, top is. three. I wouldn't say one. Top three though. I don't know. I think. 80, I think my barrier is eighty percent. I think I like eighty percent three point shooter. But he just to me when I look at these guys, just short clips. Okoro looks like a guy who plays in the NBA. That's to no me question. just, no yeah, that's just he looks like he has that body type to play the modern NBA to do the smart things. Again, I did, I don't see the shot right now, and shot is a huge thing clearly for any position, especially the wing. But I, I could really like in a way that Jacob Edmonds never looked like he could physically play. Like once, I mean, I didn't see a ton of the highlights. It looked, I guess, he looked okay since anybody still looked pretty standstill. Okoro doesn't look like a standstill player to me. He looks like a guy who hit with movement, and I, I could see him playing the NBA. Yeah, he's no an athlete. He he's got a nice. I mean, it's not all non-shooters or people that shaky shot. It's it's not all the same as far as what they bring to the table offensively. Okoro can put the ball on the ground. He can. Uh, he has a nice euro step. He finishes with both hands uh, really well. I mean, I. I remember going through his film and at a certain point going, is he left-handed? Do I need to look into this? Like, I, I don't remember him being left-handed. No, he's righty. He just finishes with his left so often. Um, and he the shot, 
defends. I mean, that's the main thing he brings to the table, and he moves the ball. You know, two assists at 31 minutes a game in college is actually pretty good for a guy who's not a point guard. Um, and 67% free throw, uh, 29% small sample size for the three-pointers. He, like Andre, he seems like somebody where if he's open and with enough refinement, he will be able to knock down the three. But that's going to be the big swing skill for him. If he's able to do it, he's one kind of player. If he's not, you like him better than Edwards? I do. I do. I do. I like him better than Mm, Edwards. Upside, I prefer Edwards. But if uh, if I'm going higher floor, uh, then I'm going Okoro. And I, I I picked Okoro over Edwards in my top five, but it was a really tough decision between those two and 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 between Wiseman but ultimately Okoro was my wing pick but there are some other wing picks you know there's some other you know who I like where... before you go to my wing pick you go out it you know four or five you know who I'd probably leap for I'd probably jump mm. for Sadiq Bey oh okay he's six you foot like the nine. shooting I like his shooting like he's a he's a he's a six foot nine three and D guy and he probably won't be as good as Pascal Siakam but he certainly gives you those vibes of a guy who can just run the floor, great in transition, athlete, really good shooter, and he can defend three positions. Like you just I mean, like those Villa, you, just like, you, you like those Villanova guys. You like those Villanova guys. They seem to punch above their weight. The Villanova guys. They do. The, the they do. Man, if you got to take the pick, I would. I'd probably go as high as three with him. Wow. 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 We got That's Ethan a... with Ethan Killian Hayes, Marcus Sadiq Bay, Slater, and I are just too conventional because we're we're Wiseman and Toppin. That's those are our guys. I think that's what we're figuring out. Here. I'm a trade down. I've like come to the uh, conclusion. I'm <laughs> Slater down. is so over this draft. <laughs> Slater's trading down into the second round. He's like, uh, no, he's trading into 2021. Get me 20. Get me picks yeah. in 2021. He's made my out. sleeper. I say that. He, I'm trading. He, out. He's finding. He's finding sleepers. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised I got more support on top. I felt like I was out in the ledge with liking Toppin as much as I do. Man, those um, highlights. He's got some great highlights. I'll just say, man, he's got oh, some yeah. great yeah, highlights. Between the leg dunks, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. he's got, uh, I mean, he reminds you a little bit of Amare, but it's intriguing. I'll say this, for as much as people dump on this draft, there are a lot of intriguing players. There's not a Zion Williamson pencil this guy in for the Hall of Fame if he's healthy. But this idea that this draft is just going to yield nothing, I think, is is untrue. There is a lot of talent. There'll probably be three to four All-Stars, like every draft. There'll be three to four All-Stars. You just don't know where they are. Again, like the 2013 draft was terrible. It was considered terrible going in. Anthony Bennett goes number one. Uh, Cody Zeller's in the top five. Alex Len is in the top five. But CJ McCollum at 10. Steven Adams at 12. Giannis at 15. Like, there are... There's going to be all-stars somewhere. It's just about finding them. Can we talk about how this podcast has become one huge subtweet of Denny Avdia? Uh, <laughs> because that's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting from this. That one I can't buy, mostly because Ethan was telling me the, the comp is Joe Inglis. And I'm going, man, if your comp is Joe Inglis, <laughs> when people are usually like, this is Michael Jordan comp, you know, they're usually, and it's Joe Inglis, uh, that's a little scary for me. That's a li- When Joe Inglis, who I respect, as I told Ethan, is probably a couple broke jump shots away from being out of the league. Uh, it's yeah. tough for you when you're saying, you know what? At his best, at his best, he's Joe Inglis. That's a tough. At, at his best, it's somebody who was on the Warriors summer league team yeah, yeah. back when they were terrible, and then was out of the NBA you know what? and fought he's his got way a, back. He got a real Brian. Cardinal I remember. Cup. I covered that team. <laughs> he was yeah. Joe, Ingl- Joe Inglis, and uh, was Joe, it, Joe Inglis uh... is good, but he oh, also can shoot it. I mean, that's what's scary is that you comp him to Joe Inglis and or Ingles, however we're pronouncing his name, um, but. Joe can shoot it. 
Denny cannot shoot it. Yep. At least right now. That makes me a little bit a little bit worried. But you know, he's more athletic. He's more athletic. He's got the size. He can run the floor. He can pass. But if I see you as a primary creator and you can't really you can't really shoot that well or that dependably, I think he might have been in the fifties for his free throw percentage. And you're not getting a lot of tick in Euro League. Uh, and everybody's telling me you got to watch the games in the Israeli league, and that's a terrible league with one team that's really dominant. I can't do the top five pick with that. I can't. Even if all the personality stuff is good, and you hear people rave about him, I just, I just can't do it. There's no way I'm going to Ryu for Sadiq Bay. <laughs> you just said that that was your take. Come on, don't back off that. Come on, that was a good. I, I really a, like him. Good I, I'm, I'm with Slater, and probably because I read his article before the pod, like I probably trade down no matter what. Because I can, I'd rather go get a Sadiq Bay or a Tyrese Halliburton. I feel much better about that. Then also a piece that can help next year. Next yes, year matters. Like, Problem is we can't even figure out who people would want to move up for. Like maybe Lamelo, maybe there's no, well, that's the thing. That, like, there's no moving, process yeah. by which they can fall in love. You know, it used to be your crazy owner would saunter into the gym and he'd watch the workout. And it would be like Nick Nolte walking into the dusty gym in blue chips and seeing Shaq. And he would come away with this impression of, I need to get this guy. That doesn't exist right now. There's no dating process currently. Yeah. And the Warriors are a front office that values that. Like, they love the interviews. They love to talk to guys. They love to see who fits in their winning culture, right? They kind of go for those guys, which is probably how a guy like uh, Jacob Evans, you know, yes, <laughs> wins yes, them over yes. in the interview. Like, they they love the the guys like Kai Bowman, who, like, comes with the passionate, tearful interview. Harrison like, Barnes in a suit. Yeah, yeah. They lo- they they eat that stuff up. That That's you what they believe You guys are undervaluing in. the Zoom call. They get four hours oh, of yeah. Zoom call with Zoom any call. of these guys. Zoom right? call. So yeah, facts. You can't is look at how, a guy in his eyes. Is that how they? Is that how they found Jordan Bell? Oh, maybe, maybe wrong, maybe wrong example. Ah, that was a, <laughs> Jordan Ooh, Bell av- available this summer? Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> the return of Jordan Bell. No, yeah. it's not happening. Uh, uh, basically, I'll say this: my five favorites. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big. I like Bay. I like Okoro. I do. I really like Halliburton, even though that's that's super high for him. I like Lamelo. Lamelo's the sexy, risky pick for me. He's the one that if I'm a, if I'm a risk at all, I'm gonna go with Lamelo. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds which sounds crazy to say out loud, right? <laughs> And clearly, you guys are just like Anthony Edwards, Wiseman, and who's the other one? Oh, Obi Toppin. No, I've got I've got like a crazy board where like my board starts at number five. Like my my top five is five through ten somehow. Is is I, I don't know how it's shaken out that way. But that's no, I think I'm Toppin's at. gonna go. I think Toppin's gonna go three, four. I I don't think he's gonna be. There's just too much sure thing. I think not not sure thing star, but I I, I think this guy's an offensive. Yeah, yeah, this Obviously guy's gonna beast. score. This guy's gonna score in the NBA. He's going to score. He's physically, you know, impressive. You can imagine him being, you know, a, a four in the league that plays fast, that that puts the ball in the basket. I, I, I can't see him slipping like past five. That's for sure. So I don't think your starts at five, Ethan. Your probably starts with fourteen, but then goes to three, <laughs> uh, jumps around. Tom, yeah, I think Toppin's gonna be three four. I, I I just I look at him and I just see. Man, if you're don't know about the rest and you don't you know, you don't want to take Edwards or, or Ball, Toppin is your next best choice. And you're not sure about Wiseman, so I, I see him at three four. Yeah. Toppin with his seventy percent uh seventy shooting seventy percent on two pointers 
on about 10 twos a game. Uh, that's that's pretty impressive for a guy who shoots threes as well. And his ability to make plays. I mean, any undersized, slightly uh, big, there are always going to be concerns, and the defense is also a concern. But I would be excited. I would be very intrigued opening night um, if Topham was on the Warriors and I could see what he might do alongside those other guys. I would say that. I mean, that's kind of a good question of which picks do you just kind of want to see from an interest level versus what would be the, the most effective pick? Give me LaMelo, baby. Give me oh. LaMelo. LaMelo's good for business. LaMelo's good for business. Let's go, Melo. LaMelo's good for business, but I don't know if I want to see it. Warriors get the over, number one overall pick. We Slater writes five stories about it leading up to the draft. And they take LaMelo Ball, number one overall, and there's instant controversy throughout the season. Those three things, the Athletic Bay Area is just fine with. Those three things. (laughs) Very interesting. And then then Ethan writes a book, The Defeat Machine. And then we're The Defeat Machine. (laughs) The Defeat Machine. (laughs) The the 22 Victory Machine. The Chase Uh, Center Curse. Can you imagine uh, Jade's video for The Defeat Machine? My God. Like an M. Night Shyamalan for. Production. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it already was. It already was. Exactly. Forward by uh. LeVar Ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here. We'll do a look back next week. Yeah, let's go down. Next week. That's let's, it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, fellas. Yeah, if you don't like this episode, you're not a big baller. <laughs>